The following program contains strong language and views that some might find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. You are in studio with myself, Brenda. Your boy, Eric. And this that great poupon, that AV, young, that TED Talk. So, somebody has resurfaced. The prodigal son does return. I'm back. <laughs> to your back. Yeah, I'm back. And I'm he back. says it so casually. How long have you been gone for? How many months is that? I told you my life is eventful. My life is colorful. So, a lot of things have happened, ebbs and flows, but here I am. That's like a year later, no? In real time. A year later, yeah. Yeah. A lot a lot happened before me sitting in this chair. Mm-hmm. Also, several children were born. Congratulations. None of mine, though. <laughs> None of mine. No scares. Nothing. Innocent. Welcome back. It is Brendan Eric on The Grape Who Pod, the reintroduction episode, because I feel like it's necessary now that we've been quiet for this long. Adding, of course, a visual component. Forcing me to wear real clothes because I don't record these things. In you were any planning sort to wear drab. some pajamas, yeah? All day, bro. Comfort yeah. over anything. Hugh Hefner is, is like <laughs> a whole vibe. You have to understand. I must say, putting this thing together has been challenging. I, I kudos to all videographers out there. Kudos to all content creators who actually do this on the regular. Like it's a lot harder than I thought. Everyone will try advice you. Just you know, just use an iPhone. An iPhone is a hundred and twenty k. So like I just have an iPhone like around. Speaking of iPhone, have you ever asked like an iPhone person a simple question? Which question? I treat iPhone people the same way I treat Man United fans. How so? They're like the product is not the problem; it's the attitude by the owner. Like that's that's (laughs) that's usually the issue. They're like, "Hi, do you have a charger?" And I'm like, first of all, you can see we are all Android people. What charger do we have?" It's a flex. I think is people use iPhones as a status symbol. I feel like it's corny. I feel like a lot of Androids for the same price are actually better quality. I mean, I've, uh, it's a cult as far as I'm concerned. Once you're into Apple, everything locks you into Apple. However, if you are a video photo person, makes perfect sense to, to get a Mac, a Mac product of any kind, right? Because they work really, really well. But we're not here to endorse Mac, by the way. Wait a sec, though. A lot has also happened for you since Me, we, right, parted, we yeah. parted ways. You got a job, Anna. I did. I got myself a nine to five uh, on a national radio station. I ain't going to give them a clout. Nah, forget it. But that's what I do from 10 to 3. I still have asylum running, obviously. As much as that was a contractual flex that had to be sorted out for a second. And now, right, so that nine to five and it's been fun-ish. I've met really cool people. Let me put it like that. I think every job for me is all about the people that I've met. It's not so much about the job itself. Is it what you expected? Because for anyone who's listened to this before will remember that you were actually looking for a job at the time and now you got a job. You sound a bit, a bit ungrateful. Just a tad bit. I don't know why people just assume you should be grateful for a job. It's not like as if I've come in to just do shit for free. I'm putting in hours, obviously. You're, right? to- you're talking to the guy who's currently jobless. and I'm just saying, I'm happy I have a job. Grateful might be pushing it. I'm happy, right? I feel like I didn't have a job for like eight years. I was still okay. <laughs> so <laughs> saying grateful, I mean, clearly I can make money even without a nine to five. Right? I think, I think there's, there's something beautiful about a paycheck that's underestimated you know just a regular paycheck making a buck in this town is ridiculous Nairobi is a full con let me put it like that I if I think the more people I talk to it's more apparent that people want to leave the city as soon as possible if you can go and still earn the kind of money that is potentially earnable in Nairobi outside Do you know, I got so desperate at some point, I was looking at how I can change my citizenship to something Scandinavian, but the procedures were too long, seven years of naturalization, I'd have to go to uni there. I was like, nah, but that's where I'd reached, you know, I, 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 I feel like Kenya has 
a limited offer of opportunities. Anyway, but that's why I'm here doing this in real time. I feel like I have to take this as a real venture. And that's an interesting thing because now, I mean, it's the year of our Lord 2020. That's exactly what our we are Lord. doing. Our Lords. And um, with COVID-19 having basically just put everything uh, into rewind, remix, re-everything since about Feb, I think that's when I started feeling it. Yeah. Um, I've seen two things. I, I think this thing is, has no middle ground. It's either COVID has worked out for you or it has really messed you up, right? So, for example, where I work and for media industry in, in general, there's been a lot of pay cuts. Number one, pay cuts I knew were coming because advertising starts to slow down yeah, pay yeah. cuts. Uh, there's been a lot of job losses. I mean, KQ lost hundreds of pilots. Oh, months, man, so. aviation is on its knees and it's going to be on its knees for a long time. Right, and like us guys, I think K24 fired just basically everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> Everyone. You say, you say ads went down on radio. I would imagine that for, in terms of awareness, COVID awareness, I saw, I've been seeing Bill and Melinda Foundation. I mean, there's that, but like a radio station, it's it's complicated. You can only charge so much money for an ad and those ads can only run for so long because the money is spread out. So for awareness campaigns, you're sort of doing a widespread in terms of a media plan. So it's not just one station, it's many stations with a finite budget. So you've got to figure out how much money are we going to spend in each house, right? Yeah. And then there's Gava, there's agencies, and you have all these sanitization soap guys and whatnot. So when I say it's gone down, I don't mean that it's completely gone. I just mean that now there's only a particular type of advertiser that's coming through because event people, zero, right? Guys, for booze, I mean, you could advertise booze, but should you really at I, this I, time? I, and I feel like booze has been consumed irrespective of ads or not. I feel like there's been a spike. I mean, it's it's clear. I know four people that got into the business of just delivering booze. Like that's how they've been making their paper right now. First and all, it's been making more money than whatever it is that they were doing. I must say, first of all, I came to Corona late. I was first, I started Corona earlier than everyone. Me, I decided to drink too many Coronas and it, <laughs> it got me locked up somewhere before uh, Corona actually started. So I was in a confined environment before I came out to actually experience what was going on. And uh, for me, it's been good and bad, bad in the way I've had to really think, you know, I've had to really, really think and re try and reinvent myself. You know, my career in terms of what I do, what I qualified for is basically non-existent. I'm competing with guys who've been retrenched. So I've had to really think hard. Um, but at the same time, it's an amazing thing because it's, it's all about thinking about the future in a real way, you know, like the conventional degree job eight to five thing is no longer a viable. And this is what I've come to learn. I think even before Corona, but like I said, Corona has shown us many things. So for example, um, I have said this before, but I'll say it again. Marine biology is my degree, right? Has nothing to do with nothing to do with me, like the furthest thing in my mind. But there's a lot of people working in jobs now that have zero to do with the degree that they studied, right? Secondly, with schools being shut down, it really made me think about, because I've got an eight-year-old, so I'm just like, okay, she's doing virtual school, everything's okay, It's she can do her two classes, and that schedule is sort of the same, but what do you, like, I've started asking her, like, what do you want to be, right? And of course, kids these days give you fantastic answers. She's like, I want to be like a video game developer. And in my heart, I'm like, thank God, because, you know, med school is expensive. It's expensive. Jesus. Yeah. She right? can start, video game developer, she can she start now. She can start now, now yeah. right. So, and this is why I ask myself questions like curricula and things when when we went to school, right? What are we doing that 
built us for the jobs that we currently have. If you hone into what you want to do now, then you can just learn that skill set. And then they talk about the four black, the four back plan, you know, so guys have an economics degree somewhere in a drawer and yet you're a videographer and stuff like that. And granted, that's a good four back plan. But let me ask you, if you're a videographer for a decade and you decide that that job is no longer for you, you go and dust off your economics degree. Are you going to get a job? No, that's not, unfortunately, that's not how it works. Exactly. I think we're, we're living in an era where, like for me, my dream has always been both kinds of air, air in terms of the literal sense and being on air. If I could juggle the two, for me, that would be ideal. I don't believe in one or the other, like, absolutely. You know what I mean? I think we live in a time where you can be many things at once. You can be a videographer, you can be a pilot, you can be an engineer, you can be an entertainer, you can be a food deliverer, you can be a, you know, you have to diversify your revenue streams, you know? That whole narrative of um, you did accounting, so you're only looking for an accounting job, you'll be, you'll be looking for an accounting job forever. Unfortunately, especially in this context of Kenya. Okay. But now that now brings me down to another context. You and I, you know, we talk from points of privilege, right? At least at the time when we were growing up, we had access to a lot of things. You could pretty much, any school was an option. On the upper end, maybe not any, but from a certain point below, all schools were an option. Fair right? enough, yeah. You could be sent to Shags or you could go to a nice private school in Nairobi, but it was, it was possible. It was behavior-based. Exactly. And then... We didn't have a pandemic where we had to like go to school for, I, I think we would have been played sana if like COVID came and us guys were kids because the internet has made things very possible for a lot of people. But here is now the question. So we look at counties like Machakos. So I don't know why guys focused in Machakos because the numbers in Nairobi were a lot higher. There are like some 11,000, was it 11,000 girls? Oh, impregnated. Impregnated. Right? Yes, guys are getting season. down. And we're only how many months into this year? But uh, we're essentially a full pregnancy into this year, almost, right? We're almost nine months into this year. So the question to me was these kids are at home, and it made me very apparent. It made me very sad to know that a number like that can only happen if no one's actually parenting these kids. Don't get me wrong. Every teenager finds a way to go do whatever it is that they fuck, want yeah. to do. Yeah, that's what it is. Whether it's do that, go smoke a joint somewhere, you find a way because folks are also busy. But with added time, of course, it adds uh, convenience. But 11,000 kids at this time, and mind you, they're just saying 11,000 pregnant babes. I have no clue how many homies are responsible for those 11,000 pregnancies. You think there's a, a few akuku dangers, like it's... I uh, maybe it's it could not, be like one homie who's <laughs> responsible for like at least six of those. You know oh what I mean? Oh my goodness! It wouldn't surprise me though. But I feel like okay, be, being that you're a, you're a mom and you've had to deal with the whole stay-at-home school kind of thing, what do you think it's done for the development of your child? Is it a good? Is it a bad? Where does it balance? Is it? Oh man! Like my kid, she's an only child, so being by herself is something she's gotten used to, right? I really hey kudos to those people who have like more than one kid doing virtual school at home and they're like of different ages. That's a nightmare I wish not to experience personally. However, I think in a weird way it's made her evaluate her relationships a bit differently, right? So she's become a more self-aware type of person. I think more emotional, but that might not just be kids alone. I think everybody sort of isolating themselves has cause the resurgence in the emotional nature of people. Would you say you guys are closer or, you know, remember the way there was an uproar when they tried to close boarding schools here and the parents were like, nah, nah, nah. So I can't imagine the kind of stress. You have three 
let's say the oldest kid is what 14 and then you have a 11 and then you have like a 9 year old in it's the crib it's death bro it's death cuz kids being at home all the time let me tell you something my kids are day scholar but I liked the fact that she was out away from me doing something else with someone else for several hours in a day not just for me but for her cuz now we are just here much on amido amido you know yeah. it's you and me i'm only so interesting to an 8 year old and she's only so interesting to me i think school is a daycare where you pick up a few a few skill sets here and there but it's more or less a daycare it's a social experiment to be honest the most important part of schooling is socialization for me right you can get the educational aspect of it from anywhere right because there's people who do homeschooling yeah. for their kids and their kids do well but have you ever met a homeschool kid and then you introduce them to like a hectic school environment like 3000 kids one school it is overwhelming it's yeah it's hectic it's hectic i know i actually know a family where the kids were homeschooled three of them and one one when they went to they went to uh, to actual school in high school and two of them really struggle and those one who fitted right in but the ones who struggle struggle took a while they always whining about school their grades actually took a dip so i personally i, I don't believe in and i i mean this is my opinion i don't believe in homeschool i mean i i loved school especially in the younger years like primary school i remember during holidays yearning to go back to school it had little to do with education and more to do with socializing fun yeah that's fun. all it is and it's fun. important same way for dogs you should socialize them when they're young it's the same for kids and i sorry there's a lot of dog analogies that are going to be dropped in here because i have been new suffering puppy. with a puppy new puppy so alert. that's the forefront of my mind it's understandable right yeah and that's see these are the things that you go through when you trapped in a house with your child you start doing silly shit like purchasing a puppy looking for more right? friends looking for some sort of occupation in fact i need to go and collect an xbox and then people say don't put your kids in front of the tv at least you know practice dexterity yeah. at that point in time but moving on from teenage pregnancies and sort of you know schooling and kids being at home i think generally people being at home and people being far apart there's a chick who um i used to work with she's mm-hmm. called anna and she put out a tweet that said her the love of her life left her nine days after she lost her job earlier this year and that was in feb and that's now when rona started and whatnot but i don't think she was blaming rona directly and it got so much traction that i was actually worried that guy lost his bed and breakfast as soon as she lost her job so i think the the, the jig was up but this is now the thing i mean you've seen you've seen that rona clip that everyone puts where she's dancing nairobi nairobi What is with Nairobi? Is there something in our water? In terms of how how people are messed up? Yes, but I and I want to say homies because really I don't get the other side of the story because I don't get told those stories. So I'm only going to speak from the part that I've heard about, right? There's something that just makes no sense to me and it's not as you people are cheaters, people are out, but that's normal. That's society. I think it is the extraness with which it happens. that makes me so confused about this city. Are you talking about like finessing people, manipulating people? There's manipulation, then there's a manipulation to a point of excess, right? So for example, if let's say you're dating me, right? And you are going to take pictures of like my house and all these things, then send it over to Shorties and be like, you're chilling at home or what, what, what. And even that is okay. But when, when you start... posing in pictures with my folks and this shorty I say oh who's that in your picture you'd call my folks your folks That's and you have like living parents this is now where i'm just like that wasn't even a necessary statement right if what you could have said anything else but adopting somebody else's whole life to do these things and just all the extra lies and pretending and i think it just cuts across the board to be honest what has happened to the city i think the what's happening is the tomfoolery the 
manipulation, the bullshit is being televised now. Like everyone is able to see because I mean, social media, people are actually talking about these things publicly before it could be covert. Nowadays it's very hard to actually be completely, um, uh, completely hide your bullshit because it's plain and clear who isn't on social media. But that's the thing. Now I think the internet has ruined our society. That's a fact. That's a I fact. think the internet and I bless it. The internet does. It's like anything I think in that you are provided for with no limitation. Right. It's like if you r- run into a lot of money, for example, somebody giving you a lot of Amen. money Amen. can work for you or against you. Now it's, it's, it's upon, upon the recipient to decide how this is going to go. If, if a billy fell my way right now, I'd have to go in Gong Hills just, you know, first to think, you know, just reminisce. <laughs> go talk to the ancestors. Gather myself. <laughs> probably have to wear some cup, wear a suit, you know, just, you know, I'd have to go for a retreat. I always feel like this is a single person answer to that question. Because as, as a single parent, there's no amount of money you can drop on me today. I do. I know exactly what I'm doing with that money. Exactly. A the billy. answer is the same. Whether it's a billy, a milli, a hundred Gs all together. Because my bills are laid at the same my priorities won't change for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So whatever money comes in has to feed into those priorities. But to the internet now, my daughter is on TikTok, by the way. She's eight. And I don't know why I let her on TikTok, to be honest, because I feel like I underestimated just how weird TikTok is. As much as it has built celebrities as it well. Has, it has. Right? It has built some guys have gotten some good jobs out of COVID and being on TikTok ETC. But she's on there, but it's on my phone, luckily. So like I, I, look, to through her, I look through her account. I see who she's been talking to. If you see my daughter on TikTok, by the way, and you start chatting to her, we're going to have a real problem. Is that all is I'm some, saying. As creepy. an adult, I'm a fine Jew is possible. But wait, I have to ask though. Is she... Is she do you see signs of her being hooked to it? Like that? Does she fiend? No, because cause it's on my cell phone and I have my cell phone a lot. She doesn't like bother me for it. It's just like every so often, like once every two weeks, she'll ask me for it. Then she'll go and record like gang gang videos and then food sec. You know and, I mean? and, and being, being a, a, a parent now, first of all, what age do you think you'll get her, her own phone? She's eight now. ASAP. Right? ASAP being like nine. ASAP being like nine. Yeah. So she's turning nine in December and that's when it is. But my worry is one, the internet is full of weird things. Like I said, so TikTok for me, isn't, it has its dangers, but it's, it's not X it, videos. It's, it's, it's okay. Exactly. X videos. I'd be more concerned because first of all, is there a software that you can put on your child's phone so they can access pornography and shit? I mean, there is, you can do those things. There's a clone, clone my phone type of thing. So you can clone the device so long as it's the same as yours and then restrict and create settings within there. Right. Like as if it's yours without them knowing. Because any, 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 anyone will tell you. I first, I first got to watch pornography when I was, what, 12, 13? I know at your friend's house, he found a tape, ETC. Trust me, I watched, we watched that tape maybe a hundred, a hundred thousand times. But whoa, 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 whoa. This was a VHS porno. Yes. Yes. And I remember, I, I remember I hadn't, I hadn't. I had heard about porn, but I didn't know how intense it was. So it was like some shock. You know, it it shocked me. So I can't imagine having a phone at 10. We're all in school, 12 of us. One of us will have heard about how to access pornography. 
I can't imagine a nine-year-old having free roll access to porn. That shit must damage people. I mean, yeah, but I also think it's about the mindset. There's a nine-year-old boy and a nine-year-old girl. I don't think nine-year-old girls really give a fuck about porn, to be honest. They're just trying to see like Kylie Jenner videos, you know, and all that shit. Girls like girl shit until a certain point. But you find it. You see, you find the way my friends stumble into a VHS tape. You find no, it. No, first of all, those are lies. You don't stumble into a VHS tape. <laughs> you can't. How do you stumble into VHS? Well, he was rummaging through his parents' room and he found a VHS. But when he was rummaging, I don't think he was looking for porn. By the way, let me say this. I think the biggest disservice we ever did to ourselves when we had VHS tapes was mislabeling things under the guise of hiding them. Hmm? Uh, you go bar- and mislabel something. Hebas. <laughs> those <laughs> Graduation ceremonies, G auntie who and who, Kumbe, it's been dubbed over with some horrific you put in the You put in graduation 96, it starts with some ting ting you know, that, that old school vintage. Yeah, that kind Jesus. of. But to be fair, you know, um, I think, and this is going to sound so weird now that we're talking about kids. Wait, sorry, 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 like sorry. I'm yes. so sorry to cut you off, but I, I, have, a, I have a conspiracy about uh, porn and uh, like the search, the search index thing. You know that you can delete your history. You can use incognito etc. I feel like this is just blackmail being compiled. So when you become somebody of notoriety, at some point someone's gonna come like voila. These are your searches for the past uh, Look, fifteen years. This is where I tell people: this is why you shouldn't be ashamed of the things that you do, right? If I'm going to watch porn incognito mode on my phone, it is because my child uses my phone, not because of anything else. I don't want her to open the browser and boom, that was the last thing that I watched, (laughs) right? And then if the browser, because you know your ISP actually has access to all of that, right? So if somebody decided to go through your ISP's thing and see all the things that you've searched, if I ever became famous, right? And people are like, oh, this is what she did. I'm like, yeah. You'll get ahead of the story. I don't need to be ahead of it. Why should I be ashamed of it? I don't think there's anything I do that is abnormal to a normal person. Some of my some of my searches are too exact. They're too precise. It's okay. Mine Massage very, parlor very happy exact. ending vids. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's a very basic search though, right? <laughs> happy ending is a very basic search. There's some things that I've searched for that I promise you. It's only on judgment day that human, I will hum- declare those things openly. Human beings though. Yeah, okay. human beings gross. Bro. That's safe. That's Come safe. On. No, it's safe. It's safe. Ah, <laughs> no, but then I, I think, but that's a whole other episode about the psychology of victims and things like that. We'll get into that another day. But now I was looking at the internet and I was like, okay, my child is going to have a phone by December. She's going to have a phone because I'm tired of her having mine. That's mostly the motivation. But to control it is something that I've just left. It's to, for the ancestors and for Jehovah. Mm-hmm. I will do my part, but I, you just hope you raise a good enough kid that they don't go too far into the darkness. But like, my issue now is people use the net as a place to just behave anyhow. My, I don't like people who do this. Have you ever seen those people? You make a comment about something. You're like, yo, did you watch out or whatever? And they're like, ha ha, link. Bro. Find it. Find it. Like, don't be find lazy, it. right? Find find I hate people who ask me to explain something and yet you have Google in your palm. Yeah. I don't like that. It's the laziest shit I have ever heard in my life. So if, you, if you're if you not using the internet correctly, please take yourself off of it. But I feel like, um, sorry, I, I, I zoned out for a second there. Sorry about that. You probably have to edit that out. Um, oh, you blanked it? I blanked. Good job. So now, okay, so with... <laughs> The way things are going now, right? We want to talk about things like cancel culture and then how certain things have only been made possible because of the internet. Black Lives Matter, for example, that's not a new movement, but 
the complete like forest fire effect it yeah. had world over was only possible because of the internet. And at this point in time, I ask myself, is it a tool that we are using correctly? There's people who know how to use it to get what they want out of it. Whether it's guys, Tenazana, it's guys for politics, elections, you know, trying to push some sort of a campaign for social awareness, etc. But selling a product is also a bit more difficult on the net now because there's just so much noise. It's too much. Especially now because people are at home. There's a lot of there's, it's so foggy. Everyone is consuming almost everything virtually. But I, 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 I feel like I feel like there, there is there is a whole group of people who wouldn't ordinarily have a voice in maybe ten years back who now all have a voice and some of them band together. When you talked about cancel culture, some of them band together to wield this power that they now all of a sudden have. So someone is accused of the most minute thing or unsubstantiated thing. And because there's this band of people who want to wield that power of we can actually cancel you, they go about canceling what your is cancelling? You see, cancel culture is a good, it's a cute thing to say to someone like you're canceled. I think, okay. But, but what is actual canceling? I think from a capitalistic point of view, you're canceling people's revenue stream because a lot of companies just by the tag of anything won't affiliate with you before it's even been substantiated either in a court of law, the court of public opinion wins before the court of law. So let me put it like this. Do you think Tiger Woods would have retained Nike? had his whole scenario happened now. But did Nike cancel culture and whatnot? Nike stayed. They, they, didn't they pull out first yeah, and they came Nike back? Nike stayed. Rolex pulled out. All these other guys pulled out. Nike stayed with Tiger because Nike, and this is why I will forever worship at the altar of Nike's marketing and like ad management team. Those people have foresight for days. They understand the narratives that are going to work. I think they have witches out there because yeah. somehow they always get it right. And I don't know how many failed concepts that they have, but sticking with Tiger made more sense than leaving Tiger. Was it because of the point they had reached or they realized they could still monetize the comeback? Probably both. You'd have to talk to them, but I think just as, as, as a person that's been working with somebody closely, you want to be able to, to say that our relationship wasn't just all capital. You've made us a lot of money. And in this time, what did you do? You cheated on your wife. With like 93, 93 hookers. Whatever, but you cheated on your wife. These were all willing and complicit parties in this situation. Willing buyer, willing seller. There was no crime, right, in this whole thing. I mean, you were... But here's, here's the part, though. Like, when now you've mentioned crime. Um, if someone is accused and they're actually innocent, but they're being treated by society like they're not, isn't that unfair? I mean, yeah, but you have to give me a proper context because that seems like a fairly obvious statement. No, but it's been happening to a lot of people. Most recently, there's this stand-up comedian who I fucks with. He's called Brian Cullen. He's been accused of rape in 99. And it's from the what's been presented, it's a fallacy. But already he's had to go off his pod because of the brands that are affiliated with his pod. Before anything, he did a public apology, tried to get ahead of the story. So it's unfair. And he has kids. Can you imagine your kids imagining that... Maybe dad raped someone. And imagine if you didn't. It's really unfair. It is. But this is why, even when we talk about this yesterday, I whenever it comes to that conversation of did this person do it, didn't they? And even if they didn't, how can we be sure? So on and so forth. That's the kind of thought process that goes through an average person's mind when there's a, an accusation. Forget even just the proof that this crime happened, right? Jeffrey Epstein is a completely polarizing person because not only was it rape, it was babies. Right. These were kids. These were youngsters. And then there was other adults within it. He wasn't working alone. It was a whole operation. Powerful people. I mean, there was a whole damn island dedicated to these things. That that was that was was another level. Also, Prince Andrew, we see you. Did you see did you see his interview? 
Oh, Prince Andrew. That guy is a cartoon, cartoon man. Prince Andrew, I think, is that royal. You know how every family has that like one guy that they just put like in a tower he somewhere. Said, he said they but it can't have been him in the picture because he was sweating in the picture and he, they removed his sweat glands. I was like, wow. Welcome to the royals, bro. That is some royal bullshit, right? Well, there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Prince Andrew, let me tell you, there's no day you're going to get a member of any royal family to ever admit any sort of complicit, complicitness, complacency, whatever that word is. Complicit. Yes, in, in anything, because that's not how they roll. The royals protect their neck at all costs. But aside from that, you it's, it's difficult to sit on an accusation like that where it's a full violation of somebody and that's something, first of all, do you know how hard it is to even prove a rape case? It's near impossible to prove it unless there was a kit done and yeah. there's DNA. And usually, usually victims take a while, yeah, for, I mean, for many, for it's, obvious reasons. It, this is, it's, oh, it's one of the most, I think as a, as a person who worked in law, that would be one of the things where on, a, on an ethical and emotional level, you want to, you know, take it on. But you know, practically, this is a very bloody difficult thing to because if it's down to hearsay, I mean. But there's another there's another aspect of council culture that I find also very unfair. It's about judging people with the backdrop of the present for things they did in the past. And a lot of the things they could have done could be heinous. There's racism, there's sexual uh, abuse, you know, just all of that. But. For example, uh, the, the Cosby thing. I'm not saying what Cosby did was right like or justified, but you can't judge him with the harshness of today for that whole uh, putting quaaludes in girls' drinks. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's fucked up. Nope. It's fucked you can, up. Let me tell you, the energy for quaaludes is one through time. That's it, right? Let me tell you, you know what? We're going to do an experiment. Soon, one day... I'm a drug you drink. <laughs> and, yeah, then, but it's and, I, and I want you to go through it's it's I want you to experience what it's like to be drugged and then not know what happened and something was taken from you that you can never get back. First of all, funny story. I've I've dr not drugged but I've roofed myself before. Okay. We're going to seg real hard into the day you roofied yourself once upon a time. Mm -hmm. so I don't know if I want to say this on air anymore, but just, just you know, you've opened the door and I have to say it. You roofied yourself. How go? I'm out. It was at, uh, what is this place called? Alchemist out with friends. Guys are having, it was a turn up night, you know, people are taking different things, you know, and someone, I remember I was so lit and someone slipped me something and they, I remember them explicitly saying, this is not a molly. And I think I proceeded to drink and I kept it in my... Your hands. I kept it. And my drunkness, in my drunk state, I proceeded to take it and whoa. Let's just say I woke up. I woke up in the morning in the club and everyone was gone and I had to be given. It was, a, it was my craziest night. I, mean, I may or may not have taken my clothes off. Okay, let me ask you. So you, you don't, you're not even sure it was a roofie? I'm I'm a hundred percent sure because when I try trace it back, I have small snippets. At some point, I remember once I had taken thinking I was home, and me sorry to say I like to, when I'm home alone, I like to sleep in the buff. I like to sleep as I came. So you are going to private school, <laughs> sleep in the buff, whatever. So so I think I thought, it's okay. I think I thought I was home, so I proceeded to just remove one by one, and because when I was woken up by the bouncer, there was like a trail of my things, like my my regalia. Your regalia. So I have, I have been, I have been roofied. So 
in as much as it was myself so I, i i know but back to the point of the matter the point of the matter was we can take it back to prehistoric times before when a guy wanted some 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 punani from a chick he used to club over the head But we were animals back then I think and by I the th- way by the way that's a thing by cartoons we're not actually sure they used to literally club babes I, over the head I don't think Adam was <laughs> kicking game man I don't think Adam was kicking game I'm not even sure Adam actually made the decisions I feel like Eve was the one deciding when that <laughs> shit happens to be honest because before Eve came along one did Adam have sexual urges because if he did he was in Eden dolo But what but, was he doing? But to be to be to be serious about it and I know a lot of people will try to crucify me for saying that um Cosby was judged too harshly. I mean, he deserves to be in prison what he did was wrong. What he did was wrong. Let me let me invoke something better for example. If a white dude called someone a nigger in 1960 vis-a-vis now, can you judge him the same way? Can you be like you guy you're you're the worst kind of racist because you said nigger in 1960? I don't know would you feel Isn't differently if that same guy called you nigger in 2020? I think because times have changed humanity has evolved to this point where nigger is not something where people are just saying like that. So there has to be room for that even in terms of the court of public opinion, the court of the actual court. Okay, and I believe that. that's also, that's why statutes of limitations also exist. I don't but, think it's purely backlog. But this is the problem. You see, how sensitive people were to the word nigger in 1960 and the word nigger in 2020 is different. How sensitive people are to rape in the 80s vis-a-vis in 2020 is the same. I, I don't think so. And I, I feel that's why, for example, back then, because a lot of people say, how come she's only saying it now? Because she realized there was a culture of rape as sick, as crazy as it was. It was a thing at the time. Yeah, but that's why that's probably why she's saying it now though. If you feel like back then you could scream in a room and no one would hear you, then why scream? But if you can scream now and the whole world is going to gallivant and be behind you, that's what you're looking for when you speak out on something. You're not looking to fight an uphill battle alone. So you should want I, should, support. Should I, should I, I know this the, the crazy differences but there's some parallels should our should parents the way we were raised and the way they used to whoop us now should we go and now take them to court because they beat us as kids because kids nowadays are not being beaten up it depends was it a crime when they beat us that's a good question was it a crime see it depends place place and time right in africa it's never been a, fr- a crime for a parent to whoop the kid ever in its life but there's a limit if your parent whooped you and you ended up in a coma You can probably take them to court about that now. Some of the right? ass whoopings I got for sure. I mean, I don't look at it as a crime. I look back and I laugh. I would never do that to my kids. I don't believe in in I don't, I don't beat my child. But I, but Not I, because I, love, I feel like it's a bad thing. But I love I love my parents and I hold no resentments about it because that was a time when that was normal. You get what I mean? Well, yeah, but that's because it was. You know, it's a thing. If you were being whooped alone, like in the whole estate, you are the only guy who's getting his ass handed to him, you would have felt some type of way about it. But because misery likes company, because everyone was getting their asses handed to them, it was okay, right? Because it was now it was acceptable because that's what you saw around you. But now speaking of that, right? I don't I don't beat my child because I I believe that is it necessary? My child's very emotional, right? So even you raising your voice at her makes her shake. So beating is unnecessary. I feel like you should go the extent that is necessary for your kid, so you need to know your kid. I don't think it's ever going to be necessary if it ever gets necessary. She going to get it. But that's it. The another thing that I think I'm sad that I haven't done, but maybe it'll work out in the end is that we stop going to church. 
I mean, that's that's in this day and age. First of all, can I can I I, I was telling you about my faith, right? And I think this ties exactly into that. Me, I'm so all over the place. Anyone who listened to this pod before, at some point, I was busy preaching God, Jesus, you know, and I'm more confused than ever now. I believe in a higher power, but I'm trying to divorce from Christianity, and I'm being pulled many ways because I, I have this personality trait where I like to consult people. I like to hear people's opinions about things. I mean, people I, I value, you know. And the other day, I, I'm, as I came back from my kind of little trip, just as I'm at, literally, in fact, I even described it as, you know, when you walk out of a gate and you're down with the key and you lock the gate from outside, mm. that's where I'd reached with Christianity. And then like two days later, I get a call from an old friend, his younger brother now, calls me, he's like, Eric, you know, long time no here, no see, what are you doing, what are you up to, yada, yada. And he's like, you know, you know, I've always been spiritual and, you know, I've always been Christian, I've always been in tune. And God told me to call you because you're going through a season in your life. And I'm like, what? I'm like, nah, nah. So I open the gate, the figurative gate, get back in the compound. Now I'm back in Christianity, but I'm still at the gate. So it confused the shit out. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like with faith, you can't know. Because with spirituality and thus tying into religion, personally, I believe that is a that is a choice you need to make as an adult. It has to be a conscious choice about what you are choosing and why. If it serves you well, then I'm all for it. Do you? And I think that's where my my marriage with religion ended. You, right? believe in, you believe in a God or a higher power? Yes, yes, for sure, right? But religion for me is an institution. It's not a belief system, right? I feel like I don't see why I need a middleman to talk to God. I don't see well, the well, point, well, right? They, they, there's the middleman, and then generally there's the text, right? Most religions have a text of some order. Texts are written by man. Man is fallible, right? So man's fallible in that way. So the Bible and all those things were written by humans. Explain fallible to people who don't know what fallible people is. With, with fault, right? So you are always going to do something that serves your best interest. It is wired into you. There's yep. nothing that you can do about it. And man is to be selfish, right? Even being selfless is somehow selfish because there is a reward system. Manipulation as well. Yeah, but at the end of the day, everything has a reward system. That's how we work. That's how we grow. That's how we keep going every day. It has to feed back into a positive reward for you, regardless of how you do it. So when I look at things like that and I see that maybe like 400 years ago, this book worked to manage people to some extent yep. or to give hope where there was none ETC and congratulations. But today I look at that thing and I'm like, first of all, you do realize that there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that was taken out. Like the there's a tally system for how to sell slaves. Right, oh, like how much a person costs etc. The gospel of Judas, right, and and how many of your workers should be slaughtered if something happens to a property? Like if I damage somebody else's property, I can sacrifice a human, and the debt is. But they kept repaid. An, they kept an eye for an eye. Yes, exactly. They actually so, thought that was better. <laughs> so you see, there's there's parts that were taken out, and I don't know when they were taken out, but I can see why they were taken out. As society evolves, that's what happens. So in living in a society that constantly evolves, I don't think I can subscribe to something that is static how, how about a simple simple science like i may know what it takes to actually put to launch something in the air and keep it there and bring it down safely you're telling me some guy went on a chariot of fire and you're telling me that in 2020 i mean i feel like those are so it's like aesop's fables right those things are ridiculous stories but there's a lesson in the story so the way i see some of those stories is it doesn't matter how magical it sounds 
just get the lesson out of the story and move on. But what about what about God as an idea? Where you see, I feel like we have this assumption that God has to be, and it's a, a lot of it is rooted in how the Bible describes God or the Quran, for example, in that we think God is this supreme spiritual figure that you know that looms and takes care of things in a in a in a in a almost mystical way. What about the idea of what believing in God does being actually God? Because there's people who just through their belief, through their belief in a higher power, are able to feel a certain comfort that allows them to propel their lives a certain way. Isn't that propel, propulsion the real, isn't that real? Isn't that real enough to be termed as God? For example, I mean, yeah, if you look at it, I mean, if you look at Rastafarianism, for example, there is Ja, right? But the way it's structured is as much as there is an over, right? The over only exists as pieces of it in everyone. So when I talk about I and I and you and I, there is God in you, there is God in me. So God is all of us and we are all God, but God is above all. Right. And there's a certain level of responsibility that that gives each person. Right. That means that we are all equal, which means in terms of ability, in terms of blessing, in terms of desire, in terms of anything that you want to do, we are all equally capable. And in terms of recipient, you are also entitled to receive good things. Is that a factor of how in tune you are or just a factor of the fact that you exist? I think it all boils down to this. You are given... If you, you are given everything that you require in this life, that's what I believe, right? With your shortcomings and your flaws and all those things, you are given everything in, innately. You have everything that you need in order to get where you go. And whatever you don't have when you are born, you acquire over time through experiences. So when they say God don't make no mistakes, I believe that, right? Everything you experienced and went through was for a reason. It wasn't for free. It was either a blessing or a lesson, period. Now, you might not see it in the moment, but hindsight is twenty twenty, and you will learn from that. It's, as human beings, I think what we do is we get ignorant from by not picking the lesson. You go and say, oh, I was delivered from Suji. Where, where, where? Did you pick the lesson? Yeah, you were delivered. But there was a reason you were there. It wasn't for free. I also, I also feel like experientially there's levels of God and being the, the, the colorful life I've lived where I've experienced high life, I've experienced complete low life. I've seen what God, how, how the interpretation of God is at all levels, you know. I've seen what people, it's going to sound foul, like I, I remember the time I was in a cell somewhere and I remember how people were calling out for God to break down the door, the, 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 the jails walls so that they can get out. I've seen it on a higher level where people think that they are God. They are in, in self a manifestation of God. Me, my problem is why I can't entirely divorce from the idea of a higher power is because innately I felt his guiding or whatever it is, it, the guiding force through my life. Some things I can't explain. It's not just down to me making rational decisions, you know. The ups and downs, you know. There's something in being broken and starting again, and I've gone through it so many times, and every time it's when I surrender to God or the idea of it that I actually begin to start taking back my life and my life starts to make sense again. Whenever I, I have been away, life just looks disastrous. I think there's, I think, I mean, that's good. For me, it's, I wouldn't say I've ever had a surrender moment. I think what I did was release the desire to control everything. 
Because that's me. I like to be able to control a lot of things and whatnot. Sometimes when you just say, you listen, eh? I can only do X and that's all I'm in control of. The rest, it is what it is. And you move on forward, right? Sometimes it's going to end up complete shit stacks. There's nothing you can do about it. Other times, ah, without you noticing, you've moved on to something else. I think it's really just about focusing your energies into what you have control over, which is you. You are the only thing you have complete control over. You can make decisions to either become the world's next MMA fighter if you wanted if you really wanted to and you dedicated time to it you could do it or you can decide you're going to go off into the mountains and connect with the universe on a spiritual level that's you anything you want to do it's all about decision making for me the second you start aligning your your mind to what it is that you want to do and actually your mind is connected your heart's connected and now all your energies what you do physically start going towards that thing you'll get there but there's a there's a that's deep what you said and what i'm hearing also is a connotation of humility to actually realize that you're not the center and in my experience if you're not humble like humility and humiliation are not far apart the moment you're not humble humiliation is just waiting around the corner it's on the side of the same coin it's humility humiliation is here right also i feel like you need to remove this thing of feeling I feel like the most useful, useless emotions in the world are regret, <laughs> right? Regret is useless. Most, what is the point of regret? It does nothing for you at all, except make you feel so shit about things that you did. And yet you're not the only one. I promise you, you cannot be the first or the last person to ever make a shitty decision and feel bad about it. And you're, you're going to make more as well. There's no thing that anyone has done on earth on a very personal level that is unique. Everything that you have experienced, somebody else is experiencing in real time with you, just not next to you. So just let go of it. What? You can feel some type of way about it for actually the, the rule of five. It's five or five. If it's not going to matter in five years, don't let it bother you for more than five minutes. That's a, that's a smart way of looking at it. And someone I, I usually seek counsel from, my sensei, told me that, I mean, living in, in regret or living in, in guilt is living in the past. And living in the future is anxiety. Try and be present. Enjoy life in real time. It's actually quite amazing. That's dope. And considering that COVID-19 has a thousand and ten uncertainties, this year is completely uncertain. You have no clue what's happening. You don't know if you're going to be employed tomorrow. You don't know if there's going to be money tomorrow. You have no clue if people are going to be alive tomorrow just because of certain things. So the level of anxiety globally, I think, is on high right now. Because we've always, we've been wired to be future thinking, future looking, always preparing for the future, trying to be the first, trying to get ahead, trying to be a pioneer, trying to do all these things. So we've been structured to always be living weeks, months, years ahead of ourselves mentally. And this dome was put, this big dome on, on this ceiling was put. Right. But what I just tell people as, as era is whatever you've always wanted to do, I think this is a great time to just do it. Like... Forget the old formula, forget the old format. Just try try whatever it was, man. If you wanted to become a yoga instructor, if you wanted to, to whatever, whatever, just try and figure it out now. You have the excuse of... Except for serial killer. If that was your dream, now is not a good time to be unleashing the world's best serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> Please, can you wait until like 2022 or 2023? Something like that. I think for me, it's just remember to breathe. And stay alive. Just remember to breathe is all I want people to do. Just breathe, man. The other day I caught myself not breathing, going up a flight of stairs. That's anxiety. Exactly. So I'm just like, just remember to breathe and everything will be okay. Oh yeah. And work out, man. Work out. For me, I, I've been running like Forrest Gump and 
it's it's amazing man that's i i am now at 12 kilometers man six times a week well done yeah that, 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 that. no me running nope 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 all we're doing is running out of time for this episode so i think we're gonna wrap it up all right good to be back yo it is good to be back we're gonna put our social handles make sure that you go on there since we have revived this situation and i'm committing you to an episode a week bruh Huh? I'm, I'm game. I mean, I'm game. I mean, I, I've, I've really been trying to do this. Yeah, all these nice words you've been telling people here. We're going to see if you can put them out of real life. So, and, and shout out the raw filmmaker, man. Yes. Yeah. Coming through in the clutch. I don't know what you gave this guy, by the way. He's a real OG, man. We have history. We go back. He's not the one who gave you the roofie. No, he's not. Okay, no, cool, he's cool, not. cool, cool. Just wanted to know. <laughs> Out here with people, be like, Brenda, just take this. <laughs> it's so great. It's not a quaalude. Mm-mm, mm-mm. All right, so thanks so much for uh, joining into our reintroduction episode. We're going to have another one out in a week. So it is The Grape Report at The Grape Report across all social media platforms. Until we meet again. Peace. See ya. This is The Grape Report, The AV, The TED Talk. Hey.